And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on my way, one son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 36 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa Barty, a.k.a. Stephanie J. the Awesome Barty. You probably noticed I sound a little different this week, and that is because I am actually recording on, uh, like, professional recording equipment. Like, there's, like, a stand and a thing and a mic, and yeah, I even have, like, a program on my laptop, so yeah, I, I almost, almost note keyword almost know what I look like I know what I'm doing I will never ever know what I'm doing ever there's not going to be a task that I will ever do in my life that I will absolutely know everything there is to know about it this is definitely going to be one of them um, because I just completely did this whole opening and uh, realized I hadn't hit record I was watching the little green thing go up and and record the monitor the amount of decibels that I'm speaking at and yeah it wasn't recording at all (laughs) so I had to I had to completely redo that again so yeah this is take two although if you watch my TikToks they're usually take like 17 18 19 um so for me to actually get you know a minute in and it only be take two I'm impressed I'm impressed especially with new equipment yeah it's kind of I will admit I will admit it's kind of intimidating I uh I almost feel like I did on my very first podcast where I had no idea what I was going to talk about. And you can probably hear me rustling around right now trying to get comfortable because, and y'all are going to laugh at me and I guarantee I will get at least one text message when they hear this. Um, I'm nervous. <laughs> yes, me. I'm actually nervous. I'm sitting in my little trailer kitchen in front of this really intimidating looking mic setup. And I'm nervous. I can't really think of a whole lot to say. And I'm looking at the little clock down there and it's only been two minutes. And I feel like I've been talking for maybe at least five, you know, come on, at least three, at least three minutes. My live studio audience keeps giggling at me because he did this to me. <laughs> this is all his doing. So I sound better, at least. Don't have anything to talk about, but I sound better. Actually, I do. I have lots to talk about. I mean, this came this week, so that was kind of cool. Um, If I actually have any listeners after the last two podcasts, this is for your benefit so that I sound better for you guys. Yeah, last week was kind of fun. You know, I had Jason and Mike on the show and, and, you know, they were their lovable, adorable, obnoxious little selves. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I would, I'd totally do it again. I would totally do it again. I would put, um, I would definitely put a R rating on it when I have those two on my show. Just because I've known Mike for so long and I've known Jason for a while and it just seems like whenever Mike and I get chatting, it goes downhill real quick. Um, <laughs> I was actually saying to somebody the other day, I'm one of the guys I, I, I'm one of the guys. I hang out with the guys. I can crack jokes with the guys. Sometimes I crack better jokes than the guys. So, 
I forget sometimes. And I think a lot of my male friends forget sometimes that I'm a girl. Because <laughs> I can hang with the guys. So, yeah, when Mike and I get chatting, things go downhill quick. And it was it was... It was fairly, I mean, they behaved themselves. I will totally give them credit for that. I had one rule and one rule only, and that was curb the swearing, no F-bombs. And they held it together until I think the last few minutes of the show. And all I requested in editing was that, you know, just beep the F-words. <laughs> That's all I ask. Just, you know, beep out the F-bombs. Uh, just because I do have um, kids that will periodically listen in. I do have adults that have kids will be in the room when they're listening. And some of those kids I'm related to. So, you know, I don't want them thinking that I'm a curses like a sailor. I'm a can curse like a sailor. Trust me, I stub my pinky toe and I make up swear words. <laughs> Once I've used all the, the known swear words, I will make up swear words. Oh yeah, there we go with the um. See, you can tell I'm nervous. When I'm nervous, I use um a lot. That is my, uh, my, uh, yeah, you get it. You have to bear with me. Um, <laughs> it's been a stressful week. It's been It's been a good week, but it's been a stressful week. I went and... Um, and my week hasn't even started. Like technically I'm recording this on Tuesday. So I'm, I'm only two days into this actual week and I'm pretty much ready to call it a Friday. <laughs> I got some Palm Bays over at the big house. I am ready to crack one and call it a Friday. Yeah, I picked up some Palm Bays on sun Sunday, on Sunday, because we were celebrating. I, a while ago, I had gotten a line on an apartment and I got all excited and I Google mapped and totally stalked the building and checked it out, see what it looked like and, you know, sent out requests to people like, you know, put some energy. I really, really want this place. I really, really want this place. And I mean, it, it came available under sad circumstances. The um, previous tenant died. That's how we were made aware that it was available. Now, they wanted a little out of my price range, and I was kind of hoping I could kind of talk them down a little bit, and then we get the phone call. Oh, we're sorry. It's been rented. Oh, all right, so back to the drawing board. What I could afford is pretty much a room in somebody's basement, you know, like a cleaned-out closet, maybe. There was a piece of a parking lot that I could afford to rent, so... I'm on a fixed income. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put it that way. I'm on a fixed income. What I can afford and what's out there don't necessarily match. So, I mean, and I'm looking everywhere in central to southern Ontario. I refuse to go north. I am trying to get as far away from north as possible. And where I am right now, I'm farther southeast than I was in Midland. And I mean, they still have snow. We don't. It was great. It was great. Great. But uh, I get a phone call. Um, well, Crystal gets a phone call Saturday. The original rental deal fell through. And then they've had two more people through that they've gone, mm -mm, no, 
their buddy set up an appointment for me to go on Sunday and he would introduce me. They were showing the apartment. He would introduce me to the building manager and the landlord, the owner, was coming Sunday. And so he would introduce me to the him. We would go from there and I could see if I could win him over with my sparkling personality and charming wit. So I go and I look at this apartment and the minute I walk in the door, it feels like home. It, it literally feels like home when I walk through the door and you go in the door. And as soon as you go in the door, right to your right is the bathroom. And now there isn't a bathtub, which I am willing to overlook. It's a stand-up shower, but it's got these huge floor to ceiling glass doors. It's all marble walls, like marble tile on the walls in the shower and then a tile floor, obviously. And then a beautiful uh, cherry wood vanity with um, an all-solid one-piece sink, not the kind of sink that sits into the counter where you have a lip. It's all one solid piece. It's really nice. Like The floors is slate tile. And then you've got the slate tile down the hallway. And then you go down this little hallway and you go into the kitchen area. Now, I say it's a kitchen area because the kitchen and the living room is all one room. But it's a big room. It's a fairly decent sized room. The kitchen has been completely redone. It's all brand new cabinets, um, stainless steel, huge stainless steel fridge. Stove is small, but I'm one person. Brand new um, range hood, all LED lights, recessed lighting in the cabinets. So you get that ambiance lighting. (laughs) It's really pretty. The only thing is it's made for Amazons. And I don't mean your average six foot four, six foot six Amazon. I am talking your eight foot, nine foot Amazon. Um, the bottom shelf of the cupboard is at five and a half feet. I'm five foot three. I cannot reach the back of the bottom shelf of the top cupboards. It's ridiculous. So the very first uh, housewarming gift I was given was uh, not a step ladder, not a little step stool, but an actual painting ladder because that's what I'm going to need to get into my cupboards. So the kitchen area has the tile all the way through and then it separates and it goes into this beautiful laminate wood flooring. And it has huge bay windows, like one huge bay window, like the entire wall from where the cabinet ends to where the side wall begins is all windows. It's one, like it's, there's a big window and then there's the great big, huge recessed bay window. And then there's another window, like the entire wall is windows. So there's so much natural light. And then right off the living room area is the bedroom. The bedroom is a separate room. So I was thoroughly excited. I completely fell in love with this place. Then not only does it come with this beautifully decorated apartment, you know, with brand new stuff, but backyard access right on the river. So I can take my laptop. I can go sit down at the tables outside. I can go sit down on the grass right beside the riverbank and I can write. I can do whatever. I can fish. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So I fell in love with it. Now, I still hadn't talked to him about, you know, less rent. 
than what he was asking because he was asking a certain amount plus. And I'm kind of, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know if this is going to work. So the landlord shows up and the building manager introduces me. She lives in the building. She absolutely adores me. We get along really, really well. I happen to know the guy who lives next door. He's a friend of Crystal's and he's the one that got me the interview. So, you know, I was standing out there chatting um, and I said to the landlord, can we go and talk somewhere? I'd like to talk to you about the apartment. So we go back up to the apartment. I'm like, oh, you're killing me because if you say no, I'm going to cry and I'm going to do it right here in the middle of the apartment. So we go back up to the apartment and we're talking about it and he's showing me all the great features and, you know, how lovely it is. And then he tells me how much it is plus $50 for parking. That's way out of my budget. That would have left me a little over $100 for my phone bill, um, hydro, and groceries. That's not going to work. So I countered and we haggled. My dad would have been so proud of me. We actually haggled on the price and settled on a price that I'm comfortable with, that he's comfortable with, and he gave me the keys that day on Sunday. He handed me the keys and he said, the apartment's yours. You can move in today if you want. If I could have, I would have. If I had have had furniture, <laughs> you know, like, if I had had like at least a chair to sit on, <laughs> I might have. I don't have internet over there yet. That's another thing is I need internet because all of the work that I do, I do on the internet. All of my communication, I do on the internet. All of my appointments with my doctors, all of my therapy appointments, everything is done on the internet. So I kind of need the internet. So I'm still in the trailer, but I'm slowly moving stuff over. I had these two decorative suitcases that my mom bought years ago, and I have coveted these little suitcases since she used to have three, there was three of them and she kept the smallest one. Um, and I have coveted these little suitcases and I told her, you ever get rid of those suitcases? I want them. They're old fashioned, like think, um, 1800s to the 1900s high class type suitcase. Um, with the, the brass or not the brass, but well, yeah, it's kind of like a tarnished brushed dark brass clasps on them. Um, I think a friend of mine has the same kind of clasps on a notebook that he has. And that's what is on these suitcases. So she gave them to me and they've been riding around in my car since um, November, I think. No, December. They've been riding around in the back of my car since December. <laughs> and I went over there yesterday because the previous tenant was a smoker and I'm not a smoker anymore. So I can really smell it. They left the curtains. Uh, well, he didn't leave the curtains. He died. The people that cleaned out the apartment left the curtains. So I had to get the curtains so I could wash them. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to wash the walls. I'm going to rewash the floors. Um, I'm going to rewash the fridge and everything. I took these two little suitcases out of the back of my car and I already could see where I was going to put them. So I took them upstairs and I put them right. As soon as you come in the door, you see this, the counter, the side of the counter. So I kind of put them right there and I think they look really pretty. But then as I put them there, I'm thinking, well, now I have to put my garbage can there. And, but anyway, yeah, it's going to be good, but, uh, I'm excited. I have a dresser and a bedside table that I can get from my sister and I have stuff from 
the house in Midland that I'm going to get. I know I have people looking. Right now I have um, the metal frame for an air mattress bed set up in my bedroom. And my air mattress, my, my I think it's triple high or double high queen sized air mattress blown up on top of these metal legs. So <laughs> my bed actually comes up to my waist. So it takes a little bit for me to climb up. But I mean, you know what? My apartment's built for an Amazon anyway. So I don't mind if, if I'm wandering around feeling like a hobbit. It's okay. It's 12 foot ceilings. I feel like a little hobbit anyway. Um, I don't have Frodo feet, but uh, maybe maybe a little fairy or a little pixie or something. I don't know. I feel small in my apartment. But uh, I have internet coming to be set up on, uh, you know what, my next podcast could very conceivably be, my internet's actually coming a week today, and my next podcast could very conceivably be recorded from my new apartment. Uh, It might be a little echoey, because I'm not exactly sure how much furniture I'm going to have in there, but, uh, you know, yeah, I'm paying rent over there, I should be living there, but... I'm not because I don't have internet yet and I like to watch TV before I go to bed and I kind of it's I didn't realize it until I thought okay well I can stay here and then I went no because I can't do this and I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't talk to this person and I can't talk to that person and hmm I didn't realize how much I relied on the internet until I faced the prospect of not having it so yeah and I mean it's not like I'm being given the bums rush out of here, I can stay here as long as I want. And, you know, Krista wants me to kind of move over slowly and set things up slowly. And, you know, she's sad that she's happy that I have my own place, but she's kind of sad that I'm going. And I'm kind of sad that I'm going too, because I've had my own little space. The big house is still right there. So I know if I need anything, it's right there. I'm going to be on my own when I get to the apartment. I mean, yeah, you know, Mike's next door and, you know, Crystal's just a phone call away and she has set it up that they're pretty sure there isn't a direction that I can't go in that town or, you know, if I step out my door, somebody in that town is going to know and they're going to be watching. (laughs) I'm going to be well monitored and guarded and taken care of on my own. So I'm not truly, I mean, I'll be on my own, but I won't truly be defenseless um, because I've never been on my own. I, I've i lived with, uh, when my boys were little, it was me and the boys and two cats. So when I close that door, when I come home and I close that door, I am the only living, breathing person in that apartment there's nobody depending on me to cook dinner. There's nobody depending on me to take them for a walk or, you know, put down their bowl of cat food or sprinkle some food into a fish bowl. Nothing. It's just me. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm not exactly sure how well I'm going to sleep my first night there. I may have to phone a friend and just, you know, keep them on the phone for company. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how well I'm going to sleep. So that was my, that's my exciting news this week. It's, it's a gorgeous apartment and I'm slowly starting to pack things up in here um, and take stuff over. Like I'm going to take all my winter clothes over. I've got to clean out the 
shower in the bathroom here because there's no running water so I used it as storage and take my shelving unit owner over I'm probably going to have to pick up a couple of more shelving units because there's one teeny tiny little closet I'm going to ask the landlord if he can take the air conditioner out of my closet because I'm never going to use it I have 49 years old and I've never had air conditioning in any of the houses I've ever lived in I'm not going to start now uh, I'm paying my hydro so I will survive on a fan until I go visit places that have air conditioning. And if I happen to have company that requires air conditioning, I will make a swamp fan and they'll be fine. Or just open the fridge and park them in a lawn chair in front of the refrigerator. And they'll be fine. But the odds of them coming north are slim to none because they wouldn't survive. <laughs> I would much rather go south because it's an adventure for me. Um, for them, it would be a frustrating trip because there are so many working and moving parts for them to have to keep track of. And I can just throw some stuff in my car and go. I much prefer to travel. I love to travel. I'm more than willing to travel. Uh, just the thought that that they would be willing to come this way is enough. I wouldn't actually make them come this way because, <laughs> you know, I like them. I'm not that cruel. Although I do know that there is at least one person in that party that would absolutely love to come up here in the middle of winter, build snowmen and build snow castles and go skating on the river and make snow angels and have hot chocolate and do all of the wintry things that we do. And she is more than welcome to come and do that while I'm not here doing things in warmer places. Because <laughs> I didn't even like doing that stuff when I was a kid. I hated being outside in the cold. I just, I'm not a cold person. I don't like cold. Um, now, if my mom has her way, I will be in Florida next year from... Um, about pfft, January to April, <laughs> if my mother has her way, with a stop in California in February for PCE. Yes, this is your notice. PCE will be in February. And don't forget that PCE Scarefare is in October. It's October 30th this year. I'll be at both because, you know, I'm special. <laughs> I get VIP passes only because I'm on the board and I will be helping put that together and I will probably be, I mean, let me see, I'm trying to think. If COVID opens everything and I can actually see my grandson, then I won't be heading to California till after the 18th of October. And I mean, the only way that I would be able to go to California to PCE is if you know, the world opened up and COVID eased off. But I didn't get to see my grandson for his birthday this year because of COVID. I think I might get disowned as a grandmother if I don't go to his birthday next year. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we'll see how it goes. My grandparents weren't at all my birthdays. It's it's a thing, you know. I have a life now. And I love my grandchildren, but I'm still allowed to have a life. I don't have to dedicate my old age. Well, I'm not old yet, but I don't have to dedicate every moment of my time to my grandchildren. 
I dedicated every moment of my time for um, 40 years. No, 30 years. I'm sorry. Let me try that again. 30 years of my life I dedicated to my children. It's my turn. It's my turn to find my... Follow my bliss, I guess. I don't know. Follow my bliss, whatever. I love my grandchildren and I want to see them and I want to be there for them, but I'm not going to be able to be there for every birthday. I'm not going to be able to be there for every holiday because I'm a writer. I'm an author. I have a career, which means I have to go places. I have to do things if I want to make that career successful. I have to travel. I've got book things that I was supposed to do in 2020. I mean, you know, I had like a, it was almost like an American book tour planned. I had a Canadian book tour planned and I didn't get to do any of it. So once things start easing and we get more people, more and more people having the vaccine and don't come at me with your bull crap about it's poison, it's this, it's that, you're anti-vaxxer. I don't care. I don't care. I don't. I'm getting the vaccine. I believe in vaccines. All of my children were vaccinated. My grandchildren are vaccinated. Everybody that I know that I come into contact with are vaccinated against all of the things you need to be vaccinated for. There you go. If you don't like it, okay, I'm sorry, but don't come at me about it. I don't want to hear your mumbo jumbo. (laughs) And that's how I really feel. Yeah, I kind of, I don't know. This week has been interesting. It's kind of been a week of spreading my wings a little bit and stretching my legs and stepping out, um, stepping out of the nest because this has kind of been a nest. Crystal's kind of like been like my mama bird. It's been a week of self-discovery. I've had some really messed up dreams this week and I actually did sit down yesterday. No, Saturday, might have been Saturday or Sunday. I did actually sit down and write down as much as I could remember. And I used to do dream analysis. I used to interpret as best as I could with the knowledge that I have. I used to interpret dreams. So I sat down and I put my, I turned, turned my analytical eye towards myself and analyzed myself. And, um, had some rather eye-opening realizations and had some pivotal moments for me. And I've kind of had those, it's, and it wasn't just pivotal moments that I came to on my own, but pivotal moments within relationships as well that kind of changed almost like a, a, a 90 degrees, like, okay, well, that answers that. And now we can go over here. Changed things for me. Changed my outlooks on things and my the way I view things and the way I react to things. And it's good. It's good. It's all good. Because change is good. Growth is good. Any kind of change is good. Even if it hurts, it's good. But yeah, it's kind of been a, um, I've reached a, a point of growth. Um, and that's what all of this is about. That's what all of, you know, my future is about is continuing to grow and improve and be the best me that I can. Oh, good God, I sound like a United States Marines commercial. Be the best that you can be. But you know what I mean? 
you know, I, it's, it's discovery. I need to find what the best me is first, what she looks like, who she is, and then be that. And I'm starting to find those pieces of her. It's like, oh, well, there's one. Yeah, that's me. That's, that's me. Yeah. And I think one of the pivotal moment, moments for me, um, one of them, there was several this week, but one of them was actually doing my podcast two weeks ago, really voicing my opinion on how I felt about cancel culture and standing my ground because I've had people come at me about it, good and bad. I have had really good conversations that have arisen out of things that I said in that, um, misconceptions that were out there. And then as adults, I sat down with each person individually and we had a conversation about it. And they would present their point and go, well, read it here on this site. And I would counter with another site, well, yes, part of that is true, but read the rest of it here. Oh, wait, and here, and here. And then they would counter with another site until we came to an agreement on the information that we had both gathered and that we had both presented that we were both right. We just both had different aspects of the same story. So it was great. Instead of there being this angry, you suck and you're stupid and you're wrong conversation, it was, okay, this is what I am understanding. This is what I have been presented with. This is the information I have. Let's compare it with the information that you have and discuss it. Prove to me what you say and I'll prove to you what I say. And if it doesn't work, we'll figure it out. And we did. And this happened with two separate people because you know what? We're all adults and we can play nice in the sandbox. And then there was a couple of people that sent me some rather I actually got hate mail. I was it was I was thrilled. <laughs> Cuz I did throw out the gauntlet. I did throw down the gauntlet like, you know, I dare you. Come at me. I dare you. Let me see what you got. One of them I was actually surprised because they are actually 2 years older than I am. 3 years older than I am. I never in a million years would have thought that this person would have taken this kind of stance, especially the, the, the type of person that they are, never would have thought that they would have agreed with cancel culture. And I, 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 I'll admit I was taken aback because I have known this person for 27 years. And I was shocked. <laughs> I was absolutely shocked that they agreed with a lot of the things that are being canceled or banned or removed. And I think it was the, the, the Pepe Le Pew that really, when they agreed with the removal of Pepe Le Pew, that really got my goat, so to speak. What? <laughs> have, have you looked at some of the things that you watch, that you, you've let your children watch? 
I seem to recall there was a fascination with a TV show called Robot Chicken. Yeah. You have a problem with a skunk. Okay. But it really opened my eyes and it kind of made me go, yeah. Yeah. We, two different people for sure. Two different spectrums of opinion and neither one of us were willing to budge. Neither one of us were... I mean, I was willing to try and have a rational conversation, but you cannot have a rational conversation with a paranoid, irrational conspiracy theorist. It just doesn't... No. No. I'm waiting for him to tell me that the Earth is flat. I might have to have them committed, but, you know... That could be the next thing. Yeah, I kind of, like I said, I've known this person for a very, very, very long time. It surprised, probably more like 29 years, but it, it surprised me that that they had this opinion. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, moving on. I didn't get any death threats from that podcast, so that's something. But um, I did get some you know, don't come back to town. Okay. I wasn't planning on it anyway. Don't like that town. So I created a stir, which is what I wanted to do. I wanted to create conversation. I wanted to create awareness. I wanted to create some kind of emotion instead of just people sitting back complacently letting things be taken away from them. You know, Stand up for it. Speak up. Speak out. And there's a situation going on right now that stems from a long time situation. And there were several people involved in the original situation. And it kind of came to me today and I brought it to the knowledge of somebody else that out of the large group of people that were involved in the original situation, there were only two of us that actually stood up for ourselves and said, hey, uh-uh, no, this is not how that went down in any way, shape, or form. And out of all of the multitudes of people that knew what was going on, only one person had the cojones to come forward and go... This is what's being said. This is what's going on. Do you have something to say to me? And that's when I kind of went, oh, hold up, dude. Wait a minute. Are you, uh, wait, hold, what? Because the person that came to me had known me at this point in time, a good 15 years, knew me spiritually, knew me as a friend, and knew better than to accuse me of entering any sort of sacred space and defacing any sort of sacred space in any way, shape, or form. And I can honestly tell you, if he had have been standing in front of me, I would have... I'm not a violent person by nature, and my studio audience can just be quiet. <laughs> he didn't necessarily see the best of me <laughs> when I broke his windshield. Extenuating circumstances. But I'm not a violent person, and I... I used to. I used to avoid confrontation at all costs. I would swallow my pride. I would swallow down 
my concerns and my anger and my hurt and my upset to keep other people happy. And when this was going down, I was very much that person. And when they came at me, if I had been standing in front of that person, I'm pretty sure, because he's like 6'6", 6'5", 6'6", I'm 5'3". I'm pretty sure I would have climbed him like a spider monkey and choked him till his head popped off. Would have looked like a dandelion. Boink! Off with his head. I was that angry because it doesn't matter where you worship, what you worship, how you worship. I will never ever, ever go into your place of worship and disrespect it, deface it, or destroy it in any way, shape, or form, or steal from it. And the fact that that's what I was being accused of, and that he blatantly accused me of it and said, you know, do you think you should tell me something before I have to take action? Uh, what? <laughs> What kind of action do you think you're going to do on me, Mr. Nugget? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I explained it all to him in my most polite, nicest, mature, responsible, did not use any swear words. Okay, I lied. I used one, and that was when he came at me, and my first response was, what the eep? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I got on the phone with the other people that were involved in the accusation. And there was only one other person that stood up and went, uh, no. And we defended ourselves. And that's all I was trying to do, because I know what it's like to be complacent. I know what it's like to just sit idly by and let things happen around you. And then... Five years down the road, ten years down the road, you're looking around going, how did I get here? How did this happen? I don't think I like this. But you didn't speak up when it was happening. And that's what I was trying to do with that podcast. By speaking my mind on cancel culture, I wanted to start a dialogue. I wanted to start a conversation with my generation, with the generation that I gave birth to, that I've raised that is doing this crap. And that's the only word I can... I know, I'm ranting again. Here we go. <laughs> See, okay, the first half of the year, like all of 2020 was me bawling, okay? So it looks like 2020 is going to be the year of the rant. <laughs> I've stopped crying and now I'm angry. I'm going through the stages. There you go. And... <laughs> I'm going to fight for what I believe in. I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. I'm going to voice my opinion, whether it be on politics, whether it be on religion, whether it be on whether the sun is too hot or the sun is too cold or the grass is too green. If I have an opinion on it and I feel strongly enough about it, you're going to hear it. Especially if it's something ridiculous, like things that are going on today. Uh, and I just... I don't want to be complacent. And I don't want to live in a complacent world where people tell us this is wrong and we go, okay, it doesn't affect me. I live in my little house and you can take that book away because I don't read that book and it has nothing to do with me. No, where does it stop? Where does it stop? 
You take away Dr. Seuss, then you're going to take away Catcher in the Rye, then you're going to take away To Kill a Mockingbird, then you're going to come after Orson Welles, then you're going to come after books like Dune and Star Wars and Star Trek and um, anything by Jonathan Hogue. So where does it stop? It stops by never letting it start. We can't live in a censored society. We can't live in a canceled society because we can't learn. What is the next generation going to learn? How are they going to know not to make the same mistakes we did if we eradicate the mistakes that we've made? We document the mistakes that we've made. We correct the mistakes that we've made, but we leave them there so that the next generation can go, oh, wow, look at the mistake they made. That was kind of dumb. We're not going to make that mistake. So, yeah, here I didn't think I was going to have anything to talk about. And as soon as I started talking about the podcast from two weeks ago, I have a whole lot to say. But I don't want, I don't want my grandchildren growing up in a bubble-wrapped society. And that's what we're doing. By taking away the things that make you uncomfortable, by taking away the things that make you angry and make you outraged, and make you say, that's not right. That shouldn't be like that. You're taking away the feeling of outrage. If there's nothing to be outraged about, then what's to say you're not going to fall back into the same patterns? Actions have consequences. You touch a hot stove, you're going to burn your hand. Plain and simple. But if you take away the heat from the stove, you're going to keep touching the stove. And you're never going to learn. So, or, or you touch the hot stove and then Will Smith comes along with a little brain eraser and erases the fact that you hurt yourself and cancels that out. And you keep making the same mistake. You keep touching the stove because you haven't learned the lesson not to touch the stove because that was removed. And then you have children and they come along and they touch the stove and they have their brains erased. Because they didn't know not to touch the stove because there was nothing in the history to say, don't touch the stove, it's hot. We're not very bright as human beings. We are born defenseless. We know nothing when we're born. We know how to breathe. We have to kind of learn how to eat. We know how to swallow, but we have to kind of learn how to eat. We know how to poop. That is it. Those are pretty much the only skills we come into this world with. We have to learn everything else. And if you remove everything that is used... To teach us, how are we going to learn empathy? How are we going to learn tolerance? How are we going to learn acceptance? If you remove everything that contradicts the need to accept. That's just my opinion. That's the way I see it. I could be wrong. I could be totally out in left field. Y'all might think I'm crazy. That's perfectly fine. You can think I'm crazy. I'm allowed to be crazy. I have earned the right to be crazy. I'm going to use the word. I'm going to use the word. I'm going to use it. I'm entitled to be crazy. (laughs) I was born in the 70s. I grew up in the 80s. And I keep hearing this thing on TikTok and it says, okay, if you were born in the 70s, you were raised in the 80s, you were groomed in the 90s. Do y'all know what grooming means? And, And I'm listening to these TikToks and it's not... Gen Xers that are doing this sound piece. I think the Gen Xers that are actually doing 
the videos with this soundbite, forget what grooming means. We were taught in the 80s what grooming means. And in the 90s, when the internet started coming out, and you would go in these chat rooms, and these people would be talking to you, and they would be telling you how pretty you are, and they would be telling you how nice you are, and, and it'd be really nice to meet you. That's grooming, and not for a good thing. So no, I was not groomed in the 90s. I was a mom in the 90s, so I wasn't groomed in the 90s. <laughs> I smelled like baby puke and poop, and I was lucky if my hair was washed in the 90s. <laughs> I was not groomed in the 90s. I was a mom. But you know what I mean. You know, like, stop using that. You were not groomed in the 90s. Groomed for what? Hmm? Google it. Trust me. My, my, my silent live studio audience is trying to give me sign language. I'm about to give him some. <laughs> oh, he totally misses it. Of course, you know. <sighs> Hard to find good help these days. Tell ya. <laughs> it's the day before a magazine launch. The magazine launches tonight. And, you know, as per usual, because it doesn't matter how well we plan... And, and how earnest we are on the 25th of every month, by the 23rd of every month, we are still down to the wire and scrambling and, you know, intravenously hooked up to coffee because it's going to be a long night. Our butts are going numb in our chairs and we're cross-eyed and slap happy. So, <laughs> it's one of those things. It's a thing. It, it's, it's, Five years, ten years from now, when we look back on it and we have actually have other people running this these parts of the magazines and we are basically just figureheads of the company, um, we'll laugh at it. But, yeah, no. Right now, it's us. And here it is, the 23rd. I am done my share. I am done my part. I finished all of my stuff. Not on time. Not well in advance. <laughs> I was just told I'm number one. Oh, I'm so touched. <laughs> uh, he's not even looking. He's not even looking. No, I won't do that. <sighs> anyway, um, I was being a bit of a, I was being a bit of a shithead. <laughs> because I, I should have, by all rights, my job, I should have had stuff in earlier. Um, I really have no excuse. I could make excuses. I could tell you this month was a write-off. I could tell you it was very stressful. I could tell you, you know, I've been having some health issues. I could tell you all of that, but it's no excuse. It doesn't excuse the days that I sat on the couch and binge-watched Criminal Minds all day and, you know, plotted the demise of several of my enemies. There's no excuse. I, I could have been on the ball, and I wasn't. So, you know, sorry. And that was actually, it didn't sound like it. It sounded more like a, a sorry, whatever. No, it wasn't meant like that. It was actually a heartfelt sorry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they know that. I didn't sleep very well last night. I don't know. It's been, my sleep has been weird lately. When I do sleep, I'm plagued by really weird dreams. I had a dream the other night, a few nights ago, that, um, 
and I won't say I was in an episode of The Sopranos because it felt very much like real life, but all the characters from The Sopranos were in my dream and they were mafia and they were The Sopranos. Like Tony was Tony and Christopher was Christopher and the dude with the big pompadour. He was the dude with the big pompadour and, you know, it was The Sopranos. Yeah, I had a little, I woke up that after that one kind of went, okay, I'm a little bit of a psycho. Because in my dream, I had to take care of Christopher's ex-girlfriend. I didn't choose to shoot her. I didn't have a gun. I didn't choose to poison her. I didn't have poison. We happened to be in a pool, so I drown her. And I do. And I'm, okay, this is this is going to sound crazy. And I mean, it sounds crazy every time I say it out loud. And I've had I've told people this, and I've had them kind of look at me, you know. Like, they're, they're, they're going to sleep with one eye open if I happen to be in the house. I vividly remember standing in the pool, and I'm looking down, and I can see my arm. My forearm, I can see it. It's my arm, and it's on her throat, and I'm holding her underwater, and I'm watching her drown, and I have absolutely no emotion about it. None. Now, that was one of the dreams that I analyzed, and I'm not going to share with you the analysis of that particular part of the dream. Let's just say I was letting go of parts of me. <laughs> I was getting rid of parts of me. The live studio audience isn't thrilled that I'm not sharing that, but um, I'm not a psycho. I am killing off parts of myself that need to go. I am surgically removing or, you know, violently removing parts of me that are no longer me, that no longer serve me, that no longer feel like me. And I, I am changing into somebody else. I'm changing into who I'm supposed to be or who I am now, as opposed to who I was a year ago or two years ago or five years ago or even five weeks ago. I am not the same person that I was yesterday. And that's, I, I don't know. It's This is a journey for me. It's an experience for me. And I honestly can't tell you where I'm going to be a year from now. I know where I'm going to be a month from now because I just rented an apartment, but it's a month-to-month -month lease. And four months down the road, I could decide, you know, I want to move to Nova Scotia. Or I want to go to, um, you know, Alberta. I don't know. So we'll we'll see where that's going to take us. I totally have the freedom to do that. And all I have to do is just, you know, give the landlords two months notice and say, hey, I'm out of here. If I want to put all of my stuff in storage, pack up my car with as much as I can, like clothes and food and whatever, and take, you know, the game, you know, that game of life and they have that little spinny wheel thing and put an arrow on it, stick it on a map, spin it and go, I'm going that way. And, oh my gosh, that border opens? I could go anywhere. Anywhere. I could go anywhere. I have people, I know people in Alabama, Tennessee, North and South Carolina, Kentucky, um, Georgia. Although I don't think I would be able to stay in Georgia. Florida. Indiana. Wisconsin. I could pretty much just... Arkansas. I could pretty much just bounce my way through the United States from one coast to the other if I wanted to and have places to stay. 
do odd jobs here and there for, you know, food money, gas money, whatever. Sell a few books, tell a few tales, whatever, you know. I am a free spirit now. I am, for the first time in my entire life, I am only responsible for me. I need to figure out how to embrace that because I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's a new experience for me. It's a new experience for me. I don't know. I don't know how to do that for one. Um, there's no instruction manual. They don't say, oh, okay. So, you know, you're going to, you're going to be single. Here you go. Um, yeah, no, there's no instruction manual for that. There's, there's no instruction manual for starting over. There's no, I could talk to people who've done it. Situations that I'm in, there's, there's, I've never been in these situations before. So I don't know what I'm, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know how they're supposed to work. And it's, it's kind of figuring it out day by day, dug in the slugs day by day. I was actually listening to that song the other day and I was kind of going, you know, <laughs> this actually has a lot of bearing on my life. <laughs> you know, day by day, I'm getting stronger. Day by day, I last a little longer. Yeah, I just kind of take it day by day and I have to take it day by day because I was sort of um, trying to, I don't know, I don't know how to put this. I don't know. How, I don't know. I don't know how to quite word this. There are things right now that I'm not ready to share with you. And there are things right now that I can't share with you. So that's why I don't know how to quite word this. So I think I'm just going to leave that as it is. Um, Y'all can figure it out. Pretty sure I'm going to get a text message or two. What are you talking about? <laughs> and those that know, We'll know, and I'll get a text message going, yeah, I totally got it. Totally got it. Yep. I know what you mean. And right now, those that know are the only ones that need to know. Oh, excuse me. Good grief. I didn't even have onions either. Sheesh. It's usually onions that, that make me burpy. I didn't have onions. I had I had sausage, sugar snap peas, and I had cherry tomatoes. But, oh, it might be the peas. Green. Green makes me burp. But green's good for you. My noom will be happy. <laughs> I'm trying this whole, um, because my I, I suck at keeping myself motivated. If I have an app to help me stay motivated to eat healthy and to exercise regularly, I will, I'm more apt to stick to it. So I decided to try Noom. I know this is not a paid advertisement because so far it's not doing me anything. Like it's not, I haven't, it's, there's no weight loss to it yet. But what it does is it breaks down the psychology of your relationship with food and with exercise and the deeper things behind why you fog eat or why you storm eat or why you fun eat. There, Yeah, did you know there are, are, are terms for different types of eating? I didn't. I know now. But... Like it, you, you set a long-term goal. Like, what do you want to accomplish? What do you want to see? What do you want to do? What is your plan? You know, so I put in my plan 
um, I have to modify my plan because information was given to me that that plan is already done. So I have to change my plan. <laughs> but um, you set a long-term goal and then you dig down deeper as to why that's your long-term goal. And then you look at how to achieve that long-term goal by achieving short-term goals. You know, you learn the psychology of, of changing your thought patterns and modifying the way you relate to food and to eating and to exercise and to yourself in general. Like today's articles and lessons were about destructive thinking and, you know, oh, well, you know, I had a bagel and a half for breakfast. My day is shot, so it doesn't matter. I'll just start tomorrow. I might as well eat three quarters of that cheesecake, or I might as well eat that whole bag of potato chips since I've already screwed up today anyway. And it teaches you to rethink, okay, I had a bagel and a half. That's more calories than I'm allotted. Let's just make sure we're more cognizant on our next meal. And the I found out the type of eater that I am and the type of exerciser that I am and the type of lifestyle that I have and my age and all of that, I should be eating three meals a day and three snacks a day, each between two to 500 calories each. So, and then it tells you stuff like what are green foods, what are yellow foods, what are red foods, and um, foods that are higher, like caloric density and all of the, oh yeah, I'm going to be a pro by the time I'm done this. It's really good so far. And I think that's where part of my, as I was talking earlier, you know, I was doing a lot of self-analyzing and looking into things and um, self-realization. I think a lot of that is stemming from what I'm learning. Ow, ow, oh, ho, ho, speaking of numb bum, Oh, since I'm sit- sitting on a bench seat at what looks like a picnic table in a trailer, this is what we would call at Fest slat ass. You sit on the two slats on a picnic table and your butt goes numb and you get up and you feel it in your tailbone, but you don't feel anything from the tailbone down. Yeah. Numb bum. That's what I have because I've been sitting in the same position for a while and I needed to reposition. But anyway, this program is teaching me a lot of things about myself, about how I um, look at things and how I relate to things and about my anxiety and how I, I jump to conclusions and I do a lot of things and it's really helping me, um, which is good, which is good because I'm a hot mess when it comes to anything <laughs> mental. I'm an adorable hot mess, but you know, I'm a hot mess. I can't help it. But yeah, it's really good at, and it's it's doing me a lot of good. One of the key things they tell you to do is is to, I mean, some things will tell you throw the scale away don't weigh yourself, blah, 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 blah. And this is telling you to make a habit of weighing yourself every day in the same place at the same time and track your weight. Weigh in. Because it makes you cognizant of your health. It makes you cognizant of your weight, what you're doing to improve yourself. So I don't know. I'm liking it so far and I've kind of paired it with another app that I have that offers like 
home workouts that I can do in home. And once I get into the apartment, I'm going to have so much more room. So, you know, there's going to be a little dancing. There's going to be a little working out. It's just going to be a thing. And according to Crystal, there's going to be a whole lot of TikToks because she could totally see me in this new apartment with my ring lights set up and me doing all these, you know, funky TikToks where I can actually move around because I have the space to do so. So watch out. You might be seeing some weird stuff coming across the Facebook Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't get on Facebook much anymore. I I got on it and I was called a lover of rape culture and I had to leave because that was and I'll admit that was very triggering for me. Um you've heard my podcasts, you've listened to them, you know the history. And to be called that, and I think that is also contributing to my stress levels right now and um, my seizure activity and my lack of sleep because that was very triggering for me. And it's, it's brought up a lot of, it's, it's brought up a a lot of, a lot of um, things that I would have rather just forgotten about. And it's actually triggered a lot of memories that, I had forgotten about things that I hadn't even ever remembered until now. I remember an awful lot. (laughs) So to have new memories of the same traumas, kind of disturbing. So that's been a little difficult to deal with. So I'm kind of pulling away from Facebook. I still have my Lupa account. I still have my... um, Stephanie J. Barty author account. And I will keep those and I will check in once in a while. I will post a, a, you know, pot stirring meme like a George Carlin or, you know, Andrew Dice Clay, Sam Kinison. He's another one. (laughs) I mean, like, I don't understand how a generation that was raised on this can raise children that are willingly participating in cancel culture. Do you not know what we were raised on? I mean, come on. I cut my teeth on Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Okay. I learned what sex was by watching The Blue Lagoon with my parents. And then going, what's that? I have questions. Excuse me. I have questions. And my dad wanting the couch to just open it up and swallow him whole. He just did not want to be in the room. You know, Saturday Night Live, The Dukes of Hazard, Dallas. These were all shows that were, yes, they were on later. Our parents back in the 80s went out. They had lives. They went out. They went bowling. They went to house parties. They did things. And us older kids stay home and babysat. So what did you do when you stayed home and babysat? You avoided watching anything Friday the 13th or Halloween-ish. Um, because the babysitter always dies. But you watch Dukes of Hazard on Friday nights. You watch Saturday Night Live on Saturday night. And back in the 80s, Saturday Night Live was really, really good. <laughs> it totally would have been canceled now, but it was really, really good. Um, and that's, we grew up on that stuff. We grew up on that stuff. You know? But I don't know. Anyway, I have talked for an hour and 10 minutes now. Um, my throat is starting to get a little dry. I'm going to have a drink, so excuse me for a minute. I think I am going to end this podcast here because I could probably keep talking. I've got about six or seven other topics in me that uh, I could 
totally bring out tonight. I'm just not ready to rock those worlds yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've got my own apartment and life is starting to look really, really good for me. And I'm getting looked at like I'm forgetting to say something. Okay, so live studio audience says I'm good. Now, hopefully I managed to figure out this program correctly and it actually did record. I'm seeing little blue squiggly things that that look like audio recordings. I mean, it looks like when I record when I'm ghost hunting and I put it on my computer. So we're hoping that it did and that it's all good and lovely and I can get it to my producer who is no longer the live studio audience. My producer is now Joe Sparks and he does an excellent job of um, editing my podcast. Thank you, Joe. You are a super dude. Smoochie's the wife for me because she's adorable too. I want a little pocket version of her because she's just adorable. Anyway, I'm out of here. So if you want to find me, your best bet would be to just email me at lupabardi at gmail.com. Um, I don't always answer my Facebook messages. I don't always answer my... Um, you put something on my wall, I might not see it. And you can find me on Twitter. I never answer my DMs on Twitter. I will flat out tell you that now. I have been inundated with, hey, pretty, hey, gorgeous, hey, miss lady, I would like to be your friend. Could you get we maybe love me? So I don't, if, I don't even answer my DMs on Twitter anymore at all. Instagram, those ones get a little fun because 99% of the time it's somebody trying to catfish me. So I play back and catfish them and then watch them wriggle away. It's really fun. And I usually bring in other people to help me. <laughs> like, hey, look at this. Check this out. <laughs> Give me something good. So if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on TikTok. You can email me. Those are your best bets. Or email me at the magazine. And if you're going to email me at the magazine, you best be sending in a submission. I'll be a little cranky if you waste my time and email me at the magazine and you're not sending me at least something. Short story, poem, or piece of art. So you can email me at lupabardi at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook at lupabardi or um, Stephanie J. Barty. You can find me on Twitter at Lupa B. You can find me on Instagram at a variety of places. Uh, Luhu Baskets. Um, Lupa, uh, oh, you can find me at Lupa's Bits, the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I always forget that I have that, and that's what this is. And um, Stephanie Barty, author, Stephanie Lupa Barty, author, and on TikTok at um, Lady Lou Who. And coming soon to a swag shop near you. Um, if you go to TikTok and you click on my link tree, there will be links shortly. Um, I know I've had a couple of people asking they want swag to go with the books. So I have taken the book covers, um, the hand-drawn, eternally bound, the, the gray one, the grayscale one, and the PCE exclusive one. Um, and The Chosen, Full Moon and Howl that I'm still working with because I think it would look really, really good on a black or on a gray, but I want to take that black background out around the moon so that it's just the gray and then the moon. I'm working with that anyway, but I'm going to put that on hoodies and uh, long sleeve shirts, tank tops, um, coffee mugs, 
tote bags. I'm going to have swag. So keep an eye out for that. I know I've had several people asking me about it. Um, most of them are in my lives on TikTok. And yeah, so if you've got a topic you want me to completely obliterate and butcher on my show, send me your ideas. If you want to be on my show and debate your opinion. I can't guarantee that I'm I'm going to be gentle if I disagree with your opinion, but you are more than welcome to try your luck <laughs> and, you know, come and have some fun. Who knows? You know, I'm not the myth master. I don't have toys. I don't need toys. I will take you out with words because I have that skill. You know, I don't need weapons. I have words. <laughs> anyway. All right. I'm out of here, everybody. Have a good week and I will talk to you all next week. See ya. There'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry, Don't you cry.